Welcome to The Table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Hello, this is Matt Bensky. Welcome to day four of Lent and our Good Enough series. Our focus is shiny things, and as you might suspect, today's message is brought to you by idolatry. Shiny things are usually defined as things we want or think we want. We certainly are told we should want many shiny things in this society. But that isn't what drew me to select this topic to share with the church. Because I find idolatry fascinating because it is often so subtle in the way it can get to us. However, we're not starting there today. We're starting off with the most unsubtle and best-known idol story in the Bible, the golden calf. So just a quick refresher of this story. The Israelites are at Mount Sinai. Moses has been onto the mountain once already. God has given the people the Ten Commandments. The people are terrified by God's voice, but commit to follow his laws. Then Moses goes back up the mountain to get more instructions from God. He's gone for 40 days. And despite their commitment to God, sometime before the 40 days are up, the people get impatient. They want something else, something worldly that they can see and touch. And that brings us to Exodus 32, chapter 32. I'll read a small bit of it. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the golden earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they had handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people, whom you brought up out of Egypt, 
have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it. Now the rest of the chapter gets pretty dark. The shiny thing, the calf, is ground into dust, it's destroyed, and the only thing it does really is bring death to many of the people. Now perhaps worshiping a statue is a bit beyond us, it's hard to really relate to. So let's take a look at these study questions that came for day four, because they're good and they take us in a broader direction about shiny things and idolatry. What do your major life choices, your closest relationships, your family, your career, your hobbies, what do they point towards? What about how you spend your time, your money, your resources? What do these say about who you are? And then a quote from the book. What is idolatry except beautiful things that do not transform us? I'd like to expand on that and say, what is idolatry except beautiful things that do not transform us to be more like Jesus? Given that definition of idolatry, what is something you might have to reconsider or redirect? As these questions point out, idolatry can be much bigger than material shiny stuff. It can be as big as wanting to be in charge, having our way, being in control. But more likely, it's what occupies our mind. Now, I'm not really a person who goes in for shiny stuff. I don't lease a new car every three years. I only replaced my 2015 phone when the battery died. I'm recording this on a seven-year-old laptop. I don't upgrade according to Apple's schedule. I get an F from the advertising community, basically. But I still am very aware that I have idols that distract me from God's ways that are more subtle, but they're just as troubling. And it comes down to what occupies my mind. So let me give you an example. I think everyone listening can relate to this. I hope. I'm driving in my car. Whatever activities I've been engaged in took way too long. And my mind becomes consumed with the fact that I'm behind schedule. My schedule has been interfered with. I'm thinking four steps ahead. How am I going to catch up? How am I going to rearrange? What does this mean for the next two days? I know it's going to get done. I know it all will get done, but my mind is still obsessing. Then I get frustrated with myself. And I begin thinking about that too. Being organized, obviously, is a good thing. But once it becomes an obsession, it interferes with the life that Jesus calls us to. And that's true of many things that we obsess about. Today, I wish I could give you a magic bullet, sheer magic bullet that solved this problem. But I haven't learned yet how to, how to keep my mind from getting distracted like this. 
but I have learned to identify what my mind is doing and without beating myself up about it, gently recentering my thoughts on something more positive. For this Lent season, I think being self-aware of the things, shiny or otherwise, that distract from God's desires for us is a great starting point and good enough. Let's close with this prayer. Dear God, I want to be the kind of person whose life reflects my deepest held values, your deepest held values. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, justice, truth. Teach me how to better integrate my life into your ways. Amen. Amen.